Hello, my name is Daniel Nenny, founder of SemiWiki, the open forum for semiconductor professionals. Welcome to the Semiconductor Insiders podcast series. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please post it on semiwiki.com and we'll get right to it. My guest today is Anand Theravangadam, Director of Product and Business Management and heads the solutions and go-to market functions for the memory market segment at Synopsys. Anand's professional experience spans high-tech product strategy, product marketing, product management, business development, and engineering. Prior to Synopsys, he worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers as a management consultant, focusing on strategic and operational transformation initiatives for various enterprises in the consumer electronics, networking, storage, enterprise software, and semiconductor industries. Prior to PricewaterhouseCoopers, Anand held engineering leadership roles at leading semiconductor companies. Welcome to the podcast, Anand. Uh, thank you, Dan. It's great to be here with you. So, Nand, uh, let's start with what originally brought you to the semiconductor industry. Do you have an interesting story you can share? Uh, sure. I will have to go back all the way to my childhood, I guess. Um, you know, growing up, I was always um, interested in, you know, physics. It was something that was very uh, appealing to me. Um, you know, that's, in fact, uh, the primary reason why I... Um, uh, pursued my undergraduate studies in electrical engineering. But, you know, soon after my undergraduate studies, I, I uh, had a job. My first job was actually um, to work on microprocessor drive systems for industrial automation. These are essentially these very large panels with motor drive systems, but the, the control of the, uh, the motor drive system is it's basically, uh, you know, very, very uh, accurate, very high precision control using... Uh, uh, microcontrollers, and that's the heart of that motor drive system. It's all it's all about the microcontroller and how that's used to control uh, these drives. And you know, when I started working on it, that's when I, I kind of got very attracted to uh, electronics uh, because that's essentially the heart of the uh, drive system. So, you know, I, I I decided I should pursue and try to learn more about electronics, and I I quit my job after about a year into the job and. Uh, moved to the states to pursue my graduate studies in uh, in um, in uh, electronics engineering, focused on semiconductors. Good. Uh, what is your current role, Synopsys? Uh, my current role is two pronged. Um, I lead the uh, memory market segment focus for Synopsys. Uh, so this role essentially encompasses uh, both solutions development and the the outbound product management and go-to-market functions. Um, and the other role I, I have is, of course, as the uh, product management lead for the uh, circuit simulation software portfolio. Um, there is a very strong um, uh, link between the two roles uh, because memory design, uh, as you may know, is basically a custom design flow uh, from a tool methodology point of view. And um, circuit simulation is one of the key uh, aspects or, or integral parts of this methodology. Um, memory chip designers use circuit simulation tools quite a bit uh, as they uh, design and verify their, their memory chips across the entire life cycle. So that's 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 basically the, the strong link there. And, and coming back to my role, um, I just also want to add uh, why the memory segment. The memory segment um, is a very important segment because it's, you know, from a overall market point of view, 
uh, memory is the uh, single largest segment of the semiconductor industry. Uh, but not only that, um, there are lots of um, changes happening in memory. Um, you know, I'd like to think of it in terms of demand waves, right? Um, in my opinion, we are in the fourth demand wave uh, for memory. Uh, if you just look back in the last uh, two decades or so, there were three other demand waves and we are in the fourth demand wave, primarily fueled by um, uh, big data apps. Um, and it can be across any of the end use cases or applications. Uh, the best example is, say, for example, ADAS and automotive, which requires a lot of data, data crunching, uh, which means there's a lot of memory required to store and help with the processing of the data. So big data is driving the need for memory, and that's uh, the fourth demand wave. Um, and um, this is actually significantly impacting the way memories are being designed and developed. So memory is no longer a commodity. Yes, there is a certain aspect to it. Um, the, certain markets are served by commodity memories, but then many of these end applications, the new age applications, as I call it, like AI, 5G and automotive, um, they require um, highly customized memories with different requirements. And so memory chip designers have to undergo a lot of methodology changes in order to be able to cater to these new requirements. So it's a very interesting uh, time to be in memory or to be focused in memory from an EDA point of view. So that's the reason why we at Synopsys, um, you know, brought this whole of company approach to the memory market segment a few years ago with this initiative. And uh, our approach is to, um, is to bring together the entire Synopsys EDA stack um, to solve the high value problems that the memory market has. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, so when it comes to memory design, how can memory chip designers address the challenges that you just outlined? Um, yeah, so I think just to double click on on the on the challenges a little bit, you know, because of these different application and application requirements, um, customization is of course the need of the R. Most memory chip designers actually have to customize their memories to, for example, say automotive, which requires more stringent reliability, um, longer lifetimes. AI, for example, completely different set of requirements, uh, higher bandwidth, uh, more capacity, uh, and, and so on and so forth, right? Different end requirements. So customization is one of the key challenges, as in how do I, as a membership designer, develop a memory and, and also be able to respin it very quickly to cater to these end applications. So that's, that's one uh, challenge. Uh, the other challenge, of course, is the relentless pursuing of technology scaling in order to be able to meet the performance requirements, the power requirements, and also the density requirements of all these end applications. So PPS scaling, as I call it, um, is, is another key um, um, challenge. And, um, and related to the, uh, to the earlier comment I made, reliability and yield have become a very important uh, care about for, for memory um, chip designers because some of these end applications require very, very stringent reliability. Um, and um, for example, automotive requires 3x operating lifetime of a, of a mobile memory, for example. So uh, traditional approaches to memory chip design, uh, in my opinion, at least, um, will no longer cut it. Memory chip designers have to seriously rethink how memory chip um, design is actually done how memory chips are designed and developed. The entire flow needs to be looked at very carefully. Um, and uh, within the uh, memory chip design flow, 
Um, there is, of course, the foundational piece, which is the technology piece. Uh, this is where, you know, memory chip designers, memory vendors rather, um, because they're all IDMs, they basically look at technology recipes, device structures, and so forth for next generation memories. Memory vendors, memory chip designers, memory technologists need to have visibility into the impact of their choices um, early enough so that they're able to take corrective action. And also, um, any choice that they make is directionally correct in terms of the PPA requirements for the end product. So that's an important area of focus. Um, the other one is once you're into the memory development itself, the bulk of the memory um, design and development, like I said, is a custom flow. Um, because of the need for customization, uh, there is a lot of respin, there's a lot of uh, redesign. Um, generally, there is a need to speed up the whole memory development flow. So the overall turnaround time for the design, the overall turnaround time for verification, faster design closure, these are all key requirements. Again, just approaching it with just traditional methodologies will not suffice. Uh, memory designers have to rethink how they're doing design, how they're doing verification, bringing in um, the notion of what we call as digitization. Digitization is applying digital concepts to solve custom design problems. Um, there are ways in which you can apply digital techniques, which is highly mature in the digital world, in the RTL to GDS flow world. How can you bring that to solve some of the custom design problems? So digitization is one way memory designers can speed up the whole design process, the verification process. Um, the other one is um, looking at reliability as a full life cycle problem, and not just a problem before tape out or pre-silicon, uh, meaning looking at ways to assess the impact of uh, failures before tape out uh, pre-silicon, but also having the means to be able to look at reliability um, uh, post-silicon throughout the life cycle. So these are all different ways in which memory designers, chip designers, developers, technologists have to consider in order to be able to address the challenges uh, that they have in front of us. Right. So let's talk a little bit more about reliability. What approaches can be adopted to improve reliability and resilience when it comes to memory chip design? Yeah, so um, again, like I said, reliability needs to be a full life cycle uh, approach. Um, traditionally, memory chip designers have just focused on certain aspects of reliability, uh, all, albeit of course driven by the market needs. And now with uh, automotive, for example, being one of the key target segments for memories and other segments, data center memories also uh, requiring very high reliability, very high yield, um, the requirements have changed dramatically. Um, so instead of focusing on just one or two aspects of traditional reliability, like you know electro migration or IR drop analysis or just pure ERC checking, uh, memory chef designers have to look at other aspects like aging is becoming very important now because for automotive, which uh, requires memories to operate at least three times more uh, or longer lifetimes. So aging is very important. Um, because these memories go into all the different end applications, they are exposed to a very wide variety of operating conditions, which means while designing the memories, chip designers have to consider uh, a, a very diverse set of operating conditions and also consider stressing the memories across these operating conditions. So the notion of uh, a variation analysis and especially high sigma variation analysis is I think become very, very important that actually is also part of reliability and yield. Um, and then 
once you've done all of this, um, you also need to think about um, non-traditional reliability aspects, like for example, in the case of automotive, the the uh, the need to uh, consider defect analysis, because some of sometimes uh, you know I'll give you a very good example. One of our customers actually uh, wanted a, a flow to be able to uh, assess the impact of uh, uh, radiation on memories, and that was simply because you know they noticed that um, sometimes memory uh, memories, depending on where they are, whether it's in a car or what's being transported. Uh, could actually be hit by particles, right? Radiation particles, and that could actually cause a, a, an error in the memory. So radiation analysis, these are all non-traditional uh, aspects of reliability. Uh, defect analysis to be able to assess the impact of radiation strikes on memories. These are things that need to be considered. And all of these are what I call as pre-silicon or in-design uh, reliability analysis. This is something that designers can do today uh, before uh, tape out. Right. Once they have taped out, post silicon is now equally important because they because of the need to ensure uh, reliability, high reliability uh, throughout the life cycle. So post silicon um, chip designers need means to be able to continuously monitor the health of the memories, and if they notice uh, problems or issues, uh, take corrective action. So. Uh, the silicon lifecycle management aspect, I think, is a very, very important now, and it's actually part of uh, what I call as the reliability full lifecycle flow. So chip designers need to think about both in-design or pre-silicon as well as post-silicon, and in fact, in-field as well, which is a full lifecycle. Okay. So in summary, Anand, why should memory chip designers explore Synopsys memory solutions? Yeah, so Synopsys has, um, I would say, the widest... Um, portfolio, um, the broadest portfolio uh, to be able to solve the high value problems of the memory market. We have, of course, a full EDS stack starting from the foundational piece, which is technology development. We have the TCAT tools, uh, the industry leading TCAT tools that are used in, in technology development. Uh, and then we, of course, have um, tools across the entire stack going up to block design IPs, uh, the full uh, memory chip design, all the custom design um, tools that are used to develop custom design memories, uh, and then all the way up into uh, system level. Um, and that was, I think, the reason why, uh, like I said earlier, we basically um, came together as one synopsis to be able to uh, use this full stack approach to solve the high value problems of the memory market. So. Uh, uh, a great example, Dan, would be uh, going back to the problem that I had challenged that I had alluded to earlier, which is um, technologists, memory technologists, needing to have visibility into the impact of their technology choices on the design PPA. Um, currently, uh, or traditionally rather, technologists have not had that visibility. What we are trying to do is to bring in this new paradigm of uh, design technology optimization with our offerings where we have the TCAT tools that are being linked to our design tools, custom design tools like custom design uh, or simulation tools so that uh, technologists and chip designers alike have the means to very quickly assess the impact of a technology choice, a device structure, recipe, 
uh, and the impact of that on the design PPA itself. So um, we are actually en enabling the the DTCA paradigm for memory chip design. Uh, another example is during chip design, as I said, one of the key challenges is to be able to uh, um, do faster design, faster verification, faster closure because of the need for customization. This can be done with, uh, with basically a shift left of the entire flow itself. So we are trying to bring in the notion of shift left, which is a well understood paradigm in the context of digital design or in, in, in verification for sure. We are trying to usher in the uh, shift left paradigm for custom design for memories. And one of the things that we are doing is to be able to uh, leverage um, digital tools and methodologies to solve the memory design problems. Uh, and this is what I was referring to when I said digitization. So digitization is one way in which we can bring in shift left. Um, another uh, way in which we are trying to bring in um, uh, a, a, a basically a faster design closure, a faster verification closure, is by leveraging heterogeneous compute acceleration for simulation, for verification. And here we are trying to use both CPUs and GPUs to solve uh, very long pole uh, verification problems or, or simulation problems in memory design. Um, the best example is uh, a memory chip design uh, with PDN. Uh, PDN analysis was either considered an intractable problem or was considered as a problem that can only be done maybe once uh, towards uh, before tape out. And now with um, GPU acceleration, with heterogeneous compute acceleration, uh, in our software, simulation software, we are able to allow memory chip designers to run full chip analysis with PDN in a very meaningful time within like a matter of a day or a couple of days. So designers can start analyzing uh, chip level effects um, well before tape out and also have the full coverage for all those chip level effects before tape out. That's another way in which, in which we are trying to help. And then on the other side, uh, when it comes to um, the tape out and post tape out, one of the key problems that like I touched upon earlier is, uh, from a reliability point of view is basically the design to silicon gap, right? So that's essentially the, the the underpinning for reliability analysis is to be able to assess the impact of potential failures and mitigate them so that you know your silicon uh, behaves as expected and doesn't have failures. Now we are we are bringing in um, uh, a complete silicon lifecycle management solution for memories, which is basically the in-design um, as well as post-silicon in production and in field. This entire lifecycle. Uh, we have solutions that cater to all of these different aspects or phases of the life cycle for memories, which is basically a combination of our uh, custom design tools and also our, our, our silicon lifecycle management portfolio of tools as well as our test tools. So we have, uh, like I said again, to reiterate the, the breadth of offering to be able to solve uh, the high value problems for the memory market. Great. Uh, one final question, Anand. Um, I've been reading a lot about Synopsys AI. How are you leveraging that for memory? Oh, uh, in fact, that's a great question, Dan. Um, I actually, in fact, uh, this is very pertinent for memories as well. So yes, you're right. So Synopsys has been um, the leader when it comes to bringing AI for chip design, as you know, right? We actually trailblazed this a few years ago with, uh, with DSO.ai first, and then later on with Synopsys.ai. Synopsys.ai is essentially um, uh, pervasive AI across the entire EDA stack, meaning bringing AI to be able to solve high value problems um, across the entire design flow 
and of course, applying AI to the entire EDS stack um, to be able to solve these problems. So we are actually doing the same for custom design. Um, so we are leveraging AI um, and the synopsis.ai underlying technology platform, if you will, to, um, to accelerate design migration from one node to another. Also, to be able to accelerate design optimization and uh, and these are two key aspects uh, that are relevant, highly relevant to memory as well. Because when memory chip designers go from one node to another node as they go through scaling, now they have the means to very quickly migrate that design from one node to another, and both on the schematic side as well as on the layout side, and then include uh, parasitic effects and be able to very quickly recenter their designs and further optimize the designs at a fraction of the cost and a fraction of the runtime because they're leveraging AI. And then the other aspect that's uh, also very important is being able to optimize, continuously optimize throughout the life cycle as in once you've recentered the design, that's your first cut. But beyond that, after you've basically been able to include parasitics with post layout extraction, being able to further optimize and then towards tape out or sign off again, other further op uh, optimization. So they're able to leverage AI to optimize throughout the life cycle. Um, so this dramatically reduces the amount of time, the turnaround time for memory design optimization, verification and design closure. So that I think goes back to the shift left that I was talking about. So AI is actually again, helping um, uh, memory designer shift left uh, by doing things faster and sooner. Great conversation, Anand. Thank you very much for your time. And thank you, everybody, for listening in. Thanks, Dan, for the opportunity. It was great uh, talking to you. That concludes our podcast. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.